0: Welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. And today I have a fantastic duo, a creative duo, you might say, Red and Kevin. Say hi, YouTube. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. Why don't you introduce yourselves to our lovely listeners and let them know, uh, what y'all are up to.
1: All right, my name is Kevin, I'm a writer and currently uh, working as a PA at Nickelodeon on a upcoming CG show, uh, which is really fun, and I'm working on a graphic novel with Red. We're currently developing it and hoping to pitch it soon. Very Red,
2: soon. You want to talk? Uh, okay, hi, uh, I'm Red, I am a comic artist and illustrator. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York currently. And yeah, we have a pretty important project to us. It's called uh, Hollowbrook. Uh, we've been yeah. developing it for a few oh man, like months, almost now. a year now. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. Maybe like Eight or nine months. Yeah. Wow. Like he said, we're hoping to pitch it to an editor soon. Uh, well, what's Hollowbrook about? Hollowbrook
1: is a coming-of-age queer story um, with horror elements. It involves two high schoolers in their last year of high school um, as they're starting to make these big decisions, these first huge decisions of adulthood and trying to navigate what their future looks like. And, you know, there's also werewolves involved, so fun things A lot of werewolves.
0: What a better time to become a werewolf than when you're also trying to shed the skin of high school. Um, Oh, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Eight months you've been working on this project together.
2: Yeah. We've been very slowly developing it. Yeah.
0: What was it like deciding to work together on this project?
2: Oh, wow.
1: So Uh... (laughs) I had been thinking about this project for a while before I contacted Red about it. And Kevin created it. Yeah, I think I started working on the idea like February or March of last year when everything started happening um, Mm. and we kind of went into lockdown. It was something that I, I wanted to get done. And I think for about a month or two, I was working on just the premise, what happened, the characters and everything. And I started commissioning other artists for artwork of the characters just to have something that I could use to potentially pitch and there are pitch events that go on a few times a year um
0: yeah and so yeah I, it's, it's I a huge it's a those. huge event also on um on twitter I know that uh stuff like uh dv pit and like pit Mad are like big events for pitching
1: Mm-hmm. We yeah so those on, are the ones that uh, I started my with.
2: next pitch cool
1: yeah so I, I started uh pitching during pit mad and dv pit And I had a little bit of traction, but not really. I wasn't getting a lot of likes or retweets from editors or agents. But I did submit to a couple of of editors before Mm -hmm. Finding Red. Um, And they they got back to me saying like, oh, we like it, but it's not something that we can pick up right now. Yeah. How wrong they were. (laughs) Right? So I reached out to Red after, you know, searching around for a comic artist that I wanted to really partner on the story with and the reason that I, I reached out to them is because i want the story to encompass what it's like to be a mexican american and the main character is that and so i wanted to find another artist that shared that heritage which is why red is, is now with us
0: awesome so you met over the internet essentially
2: and yes, decided you to would. work together He like sent me a message one day and I remember being like a comic thing and I was like maybe I'll do it on commission and then Mm -hmm. it like it it happened so suddenly where we were like Kevin was like hey I'm gonna pitch to Latinx pitch on Twitter and then he came back to me he was like hey this big agent likes the tweet and then hey we're gonna query (laughs) the big agent and then we got the big agent
1: (laughs) Amazing. The process around um, finding Red was I think earlier in the year, they had created a like a discord for upcoming comic artists or people who were just starting out oh, and wanted yeah. to find some camaraderie in that space. Um, Especially like newer so uh, I had, comic artists. Hmm. Exactly. And so I had joined that as a writer, just like, oh, maybe I'll get some advice or find some people who are in the same space and move up with them from there like I said I I had reached out to other artists before some of them had said yes sent in some samples and I was like okay well let me try to find some other people see um, let me move on who who I might want to who I might want to work with (laughs) and then I I I went and asked Red and they went through the whole rigmarole that I had put the other artists through sending them a sample script yeah um, getting their sample pages in and you know, ultimately being like, you know, do you want to do this with me? Um, yeah. Oh, my Aww. God.
0: It's so like, this yeah. wasn't it even... sounds like dating almost.
2: A little Dude, bit. Yeah. It, it was like this, this was this was so long ago I, or this wasn't even that long ago, actually, but it feels <laughs> like so long ago. Oh yeah.
0: Well, so does that mean that it feels like y'all have known each other forever? Is it that kind of a,
2: a connection? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, me me and Kevin kind of, we got this, so we also do like Patreon and stuff. So we kind of partner in that where I'm like, okay, I'm done drawing, put it up. And then he puts it up and we're like, (laughs) all right, nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we have our, our processes for each, each side of things. I'm like the organized businessy sort of side of things. And Red does all the amazing art.
2: (laughs) I just draw. (laughs) That's how I like it.
1: You also come up with a lot of great story ideas um just to to put our characters through so I really appreciate just like everything that you do on that side of things because I'm over here being like you know I could never do this so
2: oh Kevin man
0: (laughs) this is so sweet
2: what's going on (laughs) you plan this oh man I mean yeah it's honestly like one thing could not exist without the other you know like this is a very much group effort
0: yeah but you also have, and I know you can't talk about this yet. You like, so you're working on this one project, and you're already planning on others. So it sounds like this is going to be uh, yeah. uh, kind of a more long-term
2: business relationship. So two things: there's another comic that I eventually do want to create. Me and Kevin already talked about it. We said like maybe we could work on this together too, but um, there's not too much about it yet. And then uh, just as just as useless to mention is this other project that I can't really. I can't talk too much about, but it's mm-hmm. it's very exciting. NDAs <laughs> are the know. worst. Yeah. And yet, I mean,
0: and yet the most exciting tease for storytellers, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like really there's a level true. of when someone you know who creates says, I have something I'm doing, but I can't tell you about it. Then it's yeah. Just...
1: <laughs> it helps
2: build I, the hype. Yes. I mean, I would love to talk about it because it's all I've talked about for, I don't know, a month, but... Um, <laughs> When I can, i I definitely will
0: well, let it grow a little bit. Let it grow. yeah, so did you always imagine that you would be working in this kind of collaborative way? And how has this kind of has this changed the way that you've thought about storytelling for yourself?
1: I think um, I've always imagined myself eventually ending up in in a space where I do work collaboratively mm-hmm. on creative projects with others. I went to school for design, graphic design. And all of that is based around like collaborating with other designers, getting their feedback, collaborating with a client on a project. And that sort of slowly evolved into creative storytelling. And now with this graphic novel and working now in animation, um, even just as a production assistant, there's so Mm -hmm. many different creative uh, people giving their feedback, their notes, and. Making sure that all of that gets put into this huge thing that's being created. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't know if I I knew that this was where I would end up, but I think it's it's definitely where I needed to be.
2: Love it. Red. Uh, a very short answer. I had no idea because I'm gonna be honest. Not even like six months ago, I didn't know I'd be doing graphic novels as a job. Hmm. Which is, this was very, I mean, like I said before, uh, this happened all very, uh, very smoothly. It wasn't erratic, but very quickly. Signing with this agent, I I ended up signing individually. So I'm also doing like other projects now. It's very cool to be working um, with other people. I just had no idea that I would be doing this.
0: Well, I'm excited for y'all's new adventures into publishing and telling stories for a larger audience. Um, yeah thank you but in the meantime i brought you here today to play some games nice and it does require me to ask you so obviously you have this experience in telling stories uh on paper with a visual aspect uh what is yours experience with uh tabletop role-playing games games that you where you become another person and tell a story through them
2: nothing um (laughs) (laughs) i've wanted to I have never uh, played a tabletop game. Sure, so first time. And then I'm on the other side of things where,
1: I mean, I haven't played a whole ton of tabletop role-playing games, but tabletop role-playing is something that I really enjoy watching especially, but then also when I do get to play, it's like this amazing thing where, like collaboratively telling the story with not just the dungeon master or the game master, but with everyone at the table. Bringing Mm -hmm. in all these different aspects that their characters bring in is is always such a joy for me. So yeah, I I love tabletop role playing. Um, I wish I could do it a lot more often. Um, I've been, I think, two different campaigns, Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Okay, complete finished Um,
0: campaigns, complete campaigns, because I know that's like not at all,
1: not finished. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, The first. How long do campaigns take? It can depend. It can
1: take years.
2: Yeah, years. I've oh,
0: been yeah. I've been in some campaigns that have lasted only a year, but that's because we were very efficient about our time. Mm-hmm. Efficient. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it all depends on the type of story that the game master wants to tell. You could be in a campaign for a week, or you could be in there for for years and years.
0: Yeah. Nice. I mean, it depends yeah. on the interest of like the the players too, you know, what they're interested in doing. You know, sometimes players want to spend all their time, you know, instead of following the main plot, going off and messing around with their characters' backstories or, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully those are woven into the main story, but sometimes they go on a lot of side quests or do a bunch of stuff. It's like playing a video game and doing all the side quests can like expand how long playing the game takes by hours and hours and hours. Except when you are people playing a game in person for max three to four hours at a time, which most campaigns, that's how they work. It can take, you know, years because you can't do that constantly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So the two campaigns that I was a part of um, the first party I started when I was in, my last year of college and we had like maybe 12 sessions of that. We okay. got through a good chunk of story before things just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. And then the second campaign that I was a part of started, I think at the end of 2019. And we only had like okay. maybe four sessions before, you know, everything started shutting down. Mm. Um, the characters were all really great. And those were like the friends that I had grown up with. Um mm-hmm like through high school and everything. So it was like a lot more closely knit than even the, the one that I did in college, but hopefully getting in, back into that with them or finding another group yeah. to be a part of. But I definitely want tabletop role playing to be something that is a part of my life moving forward. For sure.
0: And hopefully we'll get Red hooked as well by playing this one shot.
1: Hopefully, and then maybe we can start a campaign uh, that is a lot to agree to a year, a year is a lot. <laughs> well, we, we can but, discuss um, that. You and I and anyone else who might want to be a part of that. Right. Hey, why not? Um,
0: but we should go ahead and get on into the gaming portion of the show. Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. Before we do that, I need to let our listeners know our customary baby Free Brooklyn announcements and notices for the station so here is that really really quick radio Free brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy education free expression and public art we rely primarily on donations from listeners like you as it has been for so many 2020 was a difficult year for us financially and every dollar helps us stay on air and allows us to continue our work in the community please help by pledging whatever you can Radio for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radioforbrooklyn.org donates. Also, if you decide you want to take Radio for Brooklyn on the go and you don't want to use your computer, you can download our free mobile app for iPhone or Android, available at the What Do You Know It, the App Store or the Google Play Store for Android. Uh, so you can take us on the go and you don't have to have like a little web page open. You can just do that. Go out and enjoy the sun. Go out, sweat in the sun, and listen to Radio for Brooklyn. Go do it. All right, I'm good on announcements for now. So let's get on into the gaming, which I hope our listeners are prepared because it is definitely going to be a horror slash thriller RPG. Going to get a little scary up in here.
1: <laughs> I'm ready it's for it. genre.
0: And I think probably especially fun if since it's like summertime, you know, the idea of like spooky stories around a campfire. I think it counts.
2: Yeah. I think spooky, scary stories can be
0: all year. (laughs) Yeah. That too. Is Halloween your favorite time
2: of year? Oh, I mean, you know it. (laughs) Cool.
0: Well, uh, let's get into the spooky spirit with uh, the game that we're going to be playing today, which is called Allura. Allura is a game created by Alicia Furness. So thank you, Alicia. She created the story using an RPG system called Trophy, uh, it is a gaming system. The same way Dungeons and Dragons can be used to create all sorts of games, Trophy is a system that can be used to create all sorts of games. And Trophy was created by Jesse Ross and Hedgemaids Press. So lots of folks behind the creation of this story system. The premise for this is uh, fun. It's space themed, which is great. Um, And they have this little paragraph here, which I think just sets us up greatly for what we're about to get into today. So let me just read this off and then we'll get into it. The year is 3173, adrift amongst the stars since the ecological, destruction of earth 500 years ago humanity has carved out an existence on a group of spaceships and space stations drifting aimlessly through the vast dangers of space life on the cobbled together fleet is tough so you signed up you being our players signed up for the rescue corps after the third ship went dark the council of colonies begged people to volunteer they needed people to investigate to stop the spread between the ships you, our fair players, had no experience, you were just a civilian after all, but they promised to provide basic training. Now, you've been called to your first mission. The Council's premier battleship, the Alora, has ceased all communication and gone dark. The Council fears the worst. You and your new teammate must get in, disconnect the Alora from the network, and see if you can find the cause before it spreads further through the colonies. No other mission has returned successfully. What awaits you on the decks of the Alora?
2: Ooh, terrifying! I love it. Yeah,
0: so our characters have a number of different backgrounds, drives, and rituals, and of course, they also have names. And I love for our players to introduce their characters now. Kevin, bring up your character for introduction. Tell us sure about him.
1: thing. So my character is named Caleb. Uh, his occupation is engineer. So I'm skilled in hacking and robotics. His background, I created a new background for him a little bit, a research assistant. Nice. So I'm keeping that skill, instead of going with one of the the pre-made ones, um, skilled investigation for him. My drive is to find and return my employer's stolen research. That makes sense. And his ritual, picking two, hack, which lets me retrieve information from an electronic device, and push the button, which instinctually... Let's me operate a device.
0: I love the name of that ritual. Yeah. So, I, okay. Now I'm curious who your employer was.
1: Ooh, is there isn't uh, something that's called out right in the? I mean, there
0: there is there's a group called the Council, the Council of Colonies. Council. I mean, they could also, I, I guess, like... have a, a research branch.
1: Right, and I feel like some corporation within that branch, not exactly the Council of Colonies, but. One, one of the the tiers or brands within that okay yeah I think I was doing research with another engineer higher up than me and he told me that our employer was looking for some stone research that had been brought to the Alora
0: hmm.
1: and needed needed to get it back Do you know what the research so. is? I feel like being with engineering, it needs to be something about like a newly created machine or robot, maybe an android that schematics had been created for and brought to the Allura to possibly be assembled.
0: Noted. Thank you, Caleb. (laughs)
1: Red,
2: would you like to introduce your character? Oh, God. Uh, yes. Uh, I made the name Nim. I guess my occupation is biologist cuz I love plants anyways and Perfect. I love or bo- cuz I'm skilled in botany. And then for background, could it technically be, be it like a bad background? Like I wanted yeah, to Yeah, I mean be... one, one
0: of the options here is disgraced self-help author. So pretty <laughs> sure you can just create something so long as you it, you know translates to a usable skill.
2: Okay. I was wondering if I could be an ex-criminal who was just kind of sent to go do this, and then I guess I gotcha. could still be skilled in like strategy. Sure. What kind of criminal were you? What was your crime? I wanted to I wanted to say like, oh yeah, it helps people, you know, pull off heists and stuff.
0: I could I mean, I could see that. I could see it being like, um I mean obviously these are, you know, airship colonies, uh, in space, but Uh, resources are probably very strictly limited depending on where they're traveling. So I can imagine that thievery between colonies would be a very
2: serious crime. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, I am that. Got it. I liked liked one of the options. I wanted my drive to be to seek revenge on the creatures that destroyed my colony. And then, um, so I'm not 100% sure what rituals are. So I kind of just chose three. I don't know what they do exactly.
0: Rituals are basically additional abilities. So backgrounds are like, so you have this knowledge and ability to do something. A ritual is something that is a little bit more Mm -hmm. like they're more specialized than say a background.
2: Okay. Sounds good. Um, So you picked, you picked three of them. Yes. I chose build it hive mind and robotic intuition.
0: Uh, So you can use those. Just keep in mind that our listeners don't know this yet, but uh, they are operating on a quote-unquote danger scale called Ruin. Uh, And when they reach six Ruin, uh, they are essentially mine. And with each ritual that you have, you start at a higher level of Ruin. So with Mm -hmm. three rituals, you're starting at three Ruin right now, and your your max Ruin Uh is
2: six. Oh no, um, I would like to take that back <laughs> wait, wait.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can take away one of the other, I mean no. ruin can be added and taken away depending on your rolls, you can lessen your ruin once you hit five, which we mm-hmm. will probably get to at some point while we're playing so it just means that you would start probably rolling to decrease your ruin faster Soon. than
2: your compatriot, Caleb Got it, um Could I, anyway, just keep build it and hive mind? I'll I'll lose the other one. Sure, so you'll start at two, Ruin. That's a little better, yeah. Yeah, okay,
0: (laughs) you got it. All right, so we have Nim and Caleb.
1: Yes, ready.
0: Okay, let's go in. (laughs) Ooh, I feel so powerful. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So, you two are the only members who have been kind of volunteered to go and explore the ship allura this time they're running out of people because um not many have returned so you need to go investigate where their teams are um and so you arrive at uh the Alora, this spaceship which is situated in rings it's tall but it has these like rings around it where uh most everything that happens in the Allura takes place. And it's centered in these number of rings here. And so you, your, sh- your little ship approaches the first ring and the doors open onto, I mean, it looks like a spaceship. There's a lot of metal, there's a lot of tech and it is, um, it, the lights are dim um, and it is very quiet as you step off the ship uh, into the Allura. It it was kind of silent, like as you were pulling up and it opened up and you step inside and you see, you hear kind of a hum of machines and it's very, but it's very light and it sounds a little bit like uh, whispers to you. So while it is very quiet, it does feel vaguely alive, yet you don't see any life yet.
1: How are y'all feeling right now? Kind of spooked. Just being the only two people, we look around. Is, is there any sign of life that had been here previously?
0: You look around. I mean, clearly there were people here before, but it's it feels fairly quiet except for for the hum of these machines. Mm-hmm. Except off to like around kind of the corner, because I mean, obviously this is a ring. This is a spherical, like a like it's like long circular, like curving hallways. And as you like turn down one of the hallways, you. Hear kind of uh, the clang, like something metallic falling to the floor, and then a yelping sound. Do you move towards the sound? Don't like that. Yeah, you move towards the sound, and you find uh, behind uh, one of the bays, uh, one of the bay areas, one of the docking bays, you see this uh, lone survivor standing there, uh, like crouching there, like behind it, kind of shaking uncontrollably and holding what appears to be like a metal pipe that has been shaped into, like, a sharp point at the top, and they are holding onto this. Um, And as you approach them, they turn around and look at you and and are pointing at you, and they're like, Ah, no, no, not yet, not yet.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Do we see what, what they might have been running from? Can we help them?
0: Well, I actually have a question. Okay. Does one of the two of you recognize this survivor?
1: Yes? I I don't think I would.
0: Nim, so you recognize this person. Who are they? Tell me uh, who they are and what connection uh, they represent to your old life.
2: I'm going to say it's a man I have already stole from. Maybe the last time I stole from them, they caught on to who it was. And, uh... I haven't run into them since, and now here they are. Okay, so they're a thief. What did you steal from them? Maybe like something important to them that maybe I shouldn't have.
1: All right. This was just a a petty crime, not not more of like the the heist.
0: You, like a petty crime that you were caught kind of in the middle of doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'm not a good person in this. Your decision, your character.
0: (laughs) And does, does this person have a name? Did you ever get the name of this person or you just recognize this this man?
2: Let's call him
0: Dan. 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 So you recognize Dan and Dan is looking at you and brandishing this and saying, no, not yet.
2: What do you do? Does he need help? Or is he like trying to keep me away from him?
0: He, he's like backing away and brandishing this weapon at you. Oh,
1: can, we, like... can we see if he's injured at all? Is he scared
0: of me? He seems to be fairly freaked out. You were trying to see if he's injured at all. It does seem like he has a bit of like a scrape on the side of his leg, but otherwise Mm. he just appears to be fairly rumpled, uh, Mm. dirty, as like, you know, like he hasn't really been or done anything besides perhaps hide behind a a docking bay for a long time.
2: Can I ask him what happened?
0: Yeah. Um so you ask him what happened and he says, "Well, <laughs>
1: like don't pretend with me. I know
2: what you are." Oh my god, does he think I'm like uh
1: like disguised as <laughs> something? I hold up my hands and I say, "We mean you no harm. We're here on a mission from the council."
0: <laughs> he yeah, like I, like I'm sure everyone else thought of that too. You're not going to get to me. You back away.
1: I, I back away i don't want anything to do with this man yeah we both back away a little bit <laughs> Can,
2: uh, you know what i'm gonna try to take the stick away from him okay i want it <laughs>
0: it's actually that's not even a risky role so you take it away and it's very easy because this man is shaking so much and as you take it away it like his response is almost immediate he doesn't even seem surprised like his hands fall to his side and he says well, fine. Then I guess it already happened, but don't pretend that you're here to help me. That's just what a fool. And why would you even like look like that to begin with? What's like of all of all things to choose? I thought you would be crueler.
2: Oh, I feel terrible. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to hurt this man. I don't know what he's going through.
0: He's he's put his arms out wide and he's like, "All right, do it." Oh God,
2: <laughs> um, can I back away and tell him I'm not going to hurt him? You can. He's just standing there with his arms out. Kevin, do something. What is he waiting for? Uh,
1: do you want to restrain him at all? I don't know if we want him- No, I feel terrible. I, I already made the
2: storyline that I like robbed him once. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Can I, I offer him some water? Do I have water? Sure. They
0: gave you a little a little emergency pack. They weren't sure how long you'd be gone. So okay. you give this guy some water. He takes it and he drinks it immediately. You're getting the sense that this man is like in a bit of a shock with the way he's responding to things. Like he doesn't seem like... Yeah. So, I mean, he takes it and drinks it and now he's just like sipping quietly looking at you and says, Why would you have water?
1: I don't think you're who we think you, we
2: are.
0: Who do you think we are?
1: <laughs> who do you?
2: Who can am I, I? Yeah. What? Who does he? Who does he think we are? Bo, can, who do Bo, you think we are? Can you get him to tell us? Uh,
0: yeah, oh, um, so you're asking who do you think we are? Yeah. Okay. He says, uh, "I think you're just the android nobodies that you are, but have fooled yourself into thinking you're humans. Who else would you be?"
2: Oh no. I don't know if this counts as like a risky action, but could I like, could I like very lightly, I don't know, could I give myself like a paper cut or something so he knows I'm real? Taking it out of the box.
0: Do a risk risk roll, why not? Let's get you rolling for this one,
2: okay. Okay, let me get my Monopoly dice.
0: (laughs) So when you do a risk roll, you'd roll with six-sided dice, but there are two different types of dice, light dice and dark dice. That's the way that they're phrased. Light dice Mm -hmm. are things that Like if the task is something that your character is able to do because of one of your skills or rituals, then you can add one of those dice to your collection. I'm thinking about your character sheet right now and I'm not sure what of your skills or rituals could be considered helpful to you in this. Unless, did you keep hive mind?
2: I kept mind, build it and, build and hive it. mind.
0: Okay, so yeah. if you're compelling someone to act with hive mind, I would say that would be considered like that's a ritual that you can use. So I would take you, so I would say that you have one light die. Okay. And then on the other side, uh, if you want to add a dark colored die that increases your chance of success because you're rolling more dice. But it does mean that you are willing to risk your character's mind or body in order to succeed. Oh, oh wait, no, you must include this die whenever your character performs a ritual. Right. So you have to have one light die and one dark die.
1: Oh no! Now, okay. do we have to roll additional dark die because we have more ruin?
0: No, that's not that's not how that works. But if your dark that... die is um, higher than the amount of ruin that you have, then you add ruin. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We don't need to go there yet. Cool. so basically designate one as your light die one as your dark die and roll both and tell me what you get on both dice please
2: okay i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the light die dice die first hold yeah. on i got a i got a two okay is that bad i uh, could be roll the second one uh i got a four mm.
0: okay So, uh, if you keep your results as they are, you got a four, and if the highest die is a dark die, and that dark die number is higher than your current ruin, which it is, because your ruin is two, and you rolled a four, that means you would add one to your ruin, but you would technically succeed with some kind of complication. I am first going to describe the complication.
2: Am I screwed?
0: (laughs) And then, no, I'm just going to describe the complication, and then you are going to describe how your character succeeds. So no,
2: now I have three ruin.
0: And... You get to work with me oh. to describe how the situation is warping your mind and body, which is what happens whenever you add one to your ruin. Um, and I'm gonna tie this in well, because you, so you oh no. you take um, the knife that you have with you for protection, I guess, and you turn your arm over and you start to cut at the open side of your arm, but you kind of hear like a clanging noise, what sounds like a door closing on the, uh, like s- somewhere else on the ship. And you're so surprised by the sound that. You you jump and you cut deeper than you meant to. And now you have this deep cut and it is bleeding down your arm. Oh, no. And looking at um, kind of the color of this blood in this kind of dim gray space is making you feel uneasy. And that's why you add one to your ruin. Does that sound all right?
2: Oh, man. Well, I know you don't yeah. want it, but. <laughs> I get, yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> but i'll take it that's the game that's the game oh you chose a horror game that can't be good why did why did i decide it's to ruined. do that i'm such a dumbass who's there all right whatever so i can no, i bandage myself does this man does it prove does that to change him the,
1: the demeanor of the man yeah at all.
2: um
0: he he kind of nods and then he says all right then why would you come here If you're looking for what happens, truth can be found on the bridge. Okay.
2: The bridge.
0: So I have a question for y'all at this time. What do you think happens on the ship so far? What do you think has happened here?
2: Dude, I think people are being like... We don't have a lot of information so far. I think humans? I think humans are being made to like...
1: Do something
2: for the ship under some sort of like... I think androids are making humans do something. And then they went nuts one day, and then they kind of started taking over and, I'm assuming, killing people. Or
1: taking something. Androids are definitely involved, and whether or not they did something out of their own volition, or someone programmed them to do something up in the air.
0: A second question. How do you expect to be received by the Council when you emerge with answers?
1: Um, Not so good well, if we, if we have answers, I assume that the council would rejoice in that, though there's the off chance that they might cast us. I think they're out behind it. or exile us knowing these these things and then like do away with the Alora and anything else that has been
2: touched by these androids. I have a working theory. Part of me thinks that the council is behind something here. I mean, because they sent us out here to do this. No ship ever comes back. Why would they do this? I feel like it's something that they screwed up and now they're sending, like, innocent people. Oh. I'm not really innocent, but, like, more innocent people to, like, fix what they destroyed or did or something. Hmm.
1: Yeah. We're still with this man, right? Yeah. I want to ask him when he got on the Allura. Whether he was one of the original passengers or if he was one of the people who was sent as a part of one of these missions that we're currently on.
0: He says what does it matter? It's all the same.
1: We're trying to get a a, a timeline of when things happened here or how things transpired.
0: It's all happening always. It just happens here. There's no anything. I'm sure the truth Probably maybe the bridge out here, it's always.
1: What What were you here to do? It doesn't seem
0: like he's all there. Oh well, no.
1: Now, I want to ask him what he was doing here, if he remembers what he was doing here.
0: Doesn't matter anymore.
1: Okay. Well, I don't think we're going to get a lot of out of you, so we're going to go to the bridge now and seek the truth. Yeah, let's go to the bridge.
0: You head further in. <laughs>
1: Do we know our way around the Allura, or do we have to find...
0: You've been on, um, you know, colony ships your whole lives. Um, You know, like, the basics of it. You can find, like, the kind of connector from ring one to ring two. You pass the man a couple times pre find it. But there, then, ah, yeah, there it is. Then you go in. (laughs)
1: Um, While we're traveling along this outer ring... Yeah. What rooms do we pass?
0: You're passing mostly docking stations at this point. I mean, this is the very outer area. As you're passing along, okay. um, you notice things like mm-hmm. occasionally like torn power cords. Um, and you'll see every once in a while like escape pods um, that look like they mm-hmm. they say that they're launched, but they're sitting there unused and dusty.
1: Are there like windows to these escape pods?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can peek inside. They're completely empty.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Do they completely not work in case of an emergency that we may run into?
0: You want to check if they work?
2: Are there Uh... multiple
1: escape pods that are here?
0: Yeah, there are several. Four.
1: Okay. I want to go up to one. Okay. And because I have pushed the button, Uh I want to push the button for the escape pod just to see if it'll launch it.
0: Okay. You
1: got
0: it. So you push, you push the button. The little screen there goes launching. Three, two, one, launched. And then, like, nothing happens.
2: Okay. Oh, no.
0: So, for the interest of time, I recommend that you go to ring two.
1: Yes. Okay. Let us make our way to ring two.
0: You head into ring two, and, um it felt very like empty in the first ring and except for like the kind of whispering hum of machines and also you know very terrified man in this in this ring it feels already not good Hmm. as you step into this space little emergency red lights are flickering on and off on and off on and off Your eyes, having trouble adjusting, um, can only see things when it's red and then when the light is off, it's hard to see things at all. And you are wandering around the space, you hear a lot of, um, like, kind of slow beeping machinery as well, and see a lot of screens as you're passing through this area that say things like password denied, and they're flashing on it, Um, and you're passing through this space.
1: Can I go up to one of those screens and hack it to make that constant instead of, like, a on and off sort of thing?
0: Hack it to fix to it? Work...
1: I want it to fix the, the lights a little bit. At least, like, make it so that the blinking isn't happening, but that it's, you know, a little okay. less.
0: Okay, um, roll a risk. Okay. Do a risk roll.
1: Can I add anything to it? Oh, great.
0: <laughs> what, did, did you add anything? You said you were going to hack. Yes. But if you hack, you have to have a dark die tied to it. Okay. Um, Um, I will also say- My
1: occupation is engineering.
0: It says that with engineer, you are skilled in hacking. So Mm -hmm. you can add that, so you can add a light die for that. Perfect. Um, If you, should you decide that you want to make sure this goes well, you can also add a devil's bargain. Right. Where you can add an extra die, an extra light die, uh, if you accept Devil's Bargain from me, in which something bad will happen to your character.
1: No, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I rolled a three and a one on my light die, okay. and a four on my dark die.
0: Okay, well, you succeed with the complication, and mm-hmm. because your dark die is a four, and because it's higher than your current ruin, so you're going to yes. have to add one to your ruin. Yes. And... Let's see, you fix the lights, but in order to do so, you have to toggle with a lot of mechanisms. It's like pressing buttons and not being sure what does like what. Um, Mm -hmm. And as you press these buttons um, and you succeed, uh, this little kind of of affirmative like beeping noise happens. And then uh, like all of these like doors in the area swish around you including one that just so happens to be between you and nim Hmm. so you there's now a door shut between you the kevin um, the lights are fixed it's kind of like a balance between like the red lights that were on and like kind of a flickering like fluorescent light that was there before and it's like both of them at the same time now Okay. Um, and Nim? suddenly being alone in this space makes you feel, again, kind of out of place, and you add right. that ruin.
1: Right. would I go up to, you do this? to this door? And I try to speak through it and tell Nim find your way to the bridge. I'll see if I can make my way over there, too. Okay. Do they hear me?
0: I'll, I'll say that y'all can talk through the, through the door. So that y'all can do that. Okay.
2: Okay, uh, I- I'm gonna say, let's try to go in the same direction. Like, in, not around. In, not around. Yeah, let's let's try not to get lost.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. What? Le- I do have a question for you now. Yeah. Yes. Are you ready for this question? What ready. are your character's biggest fears?
2: Oh, no. Ooh. Being alone? <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the reasons why Caleb wanted to turn on the lights was because he doesn't like being in the dark. Oh, okay. Um, and other than that, I feel like another one of his biggest fears is
2: probably big animals, maybe. Interesting, okay.
1: hmm
2: Nim has a very fake confidence when he's going out and doing these crimes and whatnot and then he is over here on this ship and i'm gonna say maybe he has a legit fear of space okay. being anywhere outside in the unknown or i guess generally mm-hmm. the unknown
0: noted or yes. caleb your character mm-hmm. is passing through pushing on and as you're kind of walking around trying to find uh, the pass through the bridge it's, it's less direct this time it feels like doors are closing around you and occasionally behind some of these closed doors you hear what sounds like this echoing, mechanical, growling sound, which could be considered, like, you say to yourself that it's a a power drill, that it's the Mm -hmm. sound of, like, an electric saw, but something about the way that it echoes in this space makes it sound a lot like this roaring creature behind these doors as you are passing through them. And as you are walking around as well, you notice a lot of... Humanoid shapes on the ground, um, which appear to like have wires sticking out of them, that I, that also kind of flash and jump.
1: I can tell that these are not human; they're like android or machine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Are you just moving through exploring your? area right now why don't you make a hunt roll for me which is like if you're moving forward in the pursuit of getting to the next ring um, okay why don't you make Wh- a hunt
1: while i'm me? going through this ring i'm yeah. definitely going to be looking for any sign of like a laboratory or something okay. where i could find the research that was stolen from my employer
0: right sure so uh... is it
1: still a hunt roll
0: yeah, I mean, I would say it's a hunt roll. You can take one light-colored die just because you're exploring the mm-hmm. area, so you definitely get that. And then you can take another okay. one if you have a skill or piece of equipment that would make your hunt easier.
1: I'm skilled in investigation. Would that okay. help at all?
0: Yeah, I'll take. I'll let you take that. So you have two dice okay. now. All
1: right, and these roll are only those. light dice.
0: Yeah, you don't need to worry about dark die.
1: Cool. Or three and a five.
0: Okay, so you have five, which means you do get to take one token, um, okay. which on a token, again, you can spend one to find something valuable or save it up and spend three to achieve a goal. Um, Perfect. But you do encounter something terrible and you're passing through these like roaring doors, like these roaring closed doors around you as you're, as you're passing through the space um Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you see there's like an alcove ahead of you and out falling in a little bit in front of you like is what looks to be like the upper half of an android that was sticking out of an android docking bay it's still intact except for the wire coming out of its neck and as you're looking at it it looks so much like someone you know
1: oh gosh okay
0: who does it look like
1: one of my co-workers from my job as, as an engineer.
0: It's your coworker. hair kind of half pulled back, um, the same bags kind of looked un- looking under the eyes, this studious look on their face that you'd seen mm-hmm. them wear before while doing research. It looks like even like the the type of sweater it's wearing looks familiar to you.
1: Okay. I move a little bit closer to it just okay. to, you know, really inspect it. What are you looking for? I want to look for a pin that they wore on their sweater, just to make sure, is this them?
0: You see that there is a pin on it, but you can't quite remember if it is the same one or a different
1: one. hmm No. I was going to say, that gives me a little bit of relief, like, okay, maybe it could or couldn't be them, but seeing as the thing in front of me is, has wires sticking out of it and is sparking, I want to leave it and move past it.
0: Okay, and you continue on. Nim? Yes. You're wandering through, uh, trying to find your exit from ring two into ring three, and um, you hear what sounds like this kind of creaking, shearing noise above you, and as you kind of look up, you see that some of the paneling is slowly falling off of the top of the ship. It's sealed off. There's, like, this clear sealant on the top, but as it opens up, you can see above you the openness of space right there. Only this, like, thin, kind of glassy substance between you and space up above your head.
2: Oh, God. I probably am cowering.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, as you look down, you see that some of it is coming off the bottom. as well.
2: Oh, no. Knowing my character, I'd probably start probably run away. Okay. Probably unsure of exactly where I'm going, but gotta get away from that. You pick up
0: the pace, you're exploring your environment. Make a hunt roll for me.
2: I will do that. Is it just one?
0: So it's w- at least one die for, since you're exploring. You can add another one if there's something that makes sense to you that would be a skill or a
2: ritual. I'm not sure if you have one. Uh, is there anything I can use to like maneuver myself toward the bridge rather than just in a random direction.
0: I am not sure what that would be. I'll, I'll just do the hunt roll
2: instead okay. then.
0: Yeah, just roll one.
2: Okay, I got a three.
0: Okay. Um, With a three, you get no token and you encounter something terrible.
2: Oh um. my god. <laughs> of course I do. This is like karma for my character. <laughs> the, whole, the whole character's background is like being an awful, like stealing from people just for fun. Terrible.
0: I guess. So Heisting. as you are, you're passing, you're kind of passing through, you're trying to discover it, and so then you're looking at it. Every once in a while, as you are um, kind of trying to explore the space, there's this beeping, like, shutting off noise, and it, you can feel oxygen start to leave the room. It clicks back on within a couple of seconds, but every once in a while, it clicks off and... You find yourself like that, like the oxygen levels aren't really quite right for you, and it becomes this thing where you get used to it over time, and you start to kind of—you're not really sure when it's on and when it's off. After a while,
2: I really thought I was about to die. <laughs> Oxygen—that's not, that's not the
0: name of the game. <laughs> true. Well, um, it has been quite a ring for y'all, but you do both manage to find your way to an exit. And actually, uh, Nim, as you're kind of kind of struggling your way through these hallways to towards ring three, you find in one of the computers, you're trying to like access the the door that will like bring you into ring three, you see a flash drive in there connected to what appears to be the direct line to the bridge.
2: Oh, whoa. Can I try to contact the bridge using it?
0: Um, it looks like it was providing information in, but
2: not out.
1: Oh. Hmm.
2: Can I take the flash drive with me, or should I use it yeah. here?
0: You remove it, and there's this blaring angry like computer noise and then it all kind of shuts down oh my god but you have it in your hands
2: okay good can i still continue to make my way towards
0: yeah you do that and as you're looking at this flash drive it looks like it has some sort of like symbols on it someone's like shorthand for something
2: Hmm. I, i don't think i have anything that can actually be used to like decrypt or like read it right
0: yeah, I will give you this. You wonder to yourself if this might have been the source of whatever virus is in the computer system.
2: Oh oh.
0: <laughs> but if you know anything about the computer system on these ships is that it needs approval from someone on the bridge in order to execute.. <gasps>
2: Okay, there's a chance I was right then. Alright.
0: And I'll say that y'all managed to make it uh, into room 3, and you do find each other. Yay!
1: Nim. Hello! Hi. You found something.
2: Can you read it?
1: I don't think I can, um, but I might be able to help, once we're on the bridge, find out what this thing did.
2: Gotta get to the bridge.
0: And that is actually going to be the end of the show for today. Hey, everyone, this is post-editing Aaron here. Uh, We were just having too much fun playing this game that it has officially turned into a two-part episode of the Allura uh, with Red and Kevin. So make sure to check in next week where we will be following up with them and seeing if they can get to the center of the bridge still intact. Um, Thank you so much for being here today on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I have had a fantastic time with these guests and, of course, just have a fantastic time in general. So when am I not saying that on this show? In the meantime, as you eagerly await for the part two of the story, I highly encourage you to follow both Red and Kevin on Twitter. Uh, Red is double L a red law. So la red love with two L's at the start. And Kevin is Hey, okay. JC on Twitter. And um, they also both have a Patreon together and that's at red and Kev. So make sure to check them out wherever they are in the internet and support their work. Um, and their graphic novel, Hollowbrook. We will be back with them next week to finish up their story where it will be, you know, I promise you more creepy Yeah, (laughs) it's just going to be more creepy. Uh, But in the meantime, if you uh, suddenly find yourself eager to listen to other shows, you know where to go for gameplay radio. Just go to the archive, which can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or basically wherever you find podcasts, including the Radio Free Brooklyn website, which uh, you should definitely check out. We have like 70 shows And we're on air constantly, so I highly recommend that you check in with that. Stay tuned next for some lovely potluck dinner, which is our usual uh, Fridays at 7 p.m. show, uh, but we play it again for our lovely Sunday listeners so that they can enjoy it. But yeah, in the meantime, I guess that's it. Take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah, and we'll talk to you next time. Stay creepy, my friends. (laughs)